Life is good, but it can be better. Oh, oh my gosh. Welcome, everybody, back for another episode of Spieling and Dealing. I'm here with my co-host. He gets his peaches out in Georgia and his weed from California, our boy Patrick Harrison. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Sam did not know what that was from. I don't. I really I, don't. I, I specifically waited till before the episode. Sam, those are the lyrics uh, to the hottest song, not in just America, in the world. Friend of the podcast, Justin Bieber, is back. Okay? He's had the number one song in the world for a couple weeks now, Peaches. It's a banger. Okay? What are the peaches in this? The titular peaches in the song. I, I think they're actually peaches. Like I think he's just saying he gets the best of everything. Like, he's like, oh, I get my life just from the source, right, dude? So he put out a new album a couple weeks ago, and there's a lot of Martin Luther King Jr. like speech clips. I heard about this. I heard yeah. about this. He hasn't been taking much heat for it, has he? I don't. I feel like he's. I did got- see that he's taking a little bit. I okay. Don't, I don't like. This is a whole stupid thing where. You know, white people can't speak on these issues for some reason, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw you was taking some heat from it. I don't know why, you know, whatever. But I think given this recent uh, controversy over the Georgia voting law, I think you should go back in the studio, re-record that line and just be like, I get my peaches out in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like oranges. oranges yeah, out. Why not? Yeah. He doesn't even eat peaches anymore. That's how down for the cause he is. Yeah. But congrats to the Beebs. We're happy to have him back. Congrats, Beebs. You know, I also want to say wish everybody out there happy Easter. Uh, Easter Sunday was yesterday. He is risen. Alleluia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how was your Easter? You had a good time with your family. I had a good time. Uh, although you owe me an apology. Last episode, you called me a Christian. And that's not true. I want a retraction. Okay. Uh, I, we're just... I've never been baptized. I'm not any religion. Okay. I'm a free spirit. You know, you can choose whatever. It doesn't okay. matter if you're baptized or not. You can choose... Yeah. But, you know, you're not Jewish. So. I guess I am. Okay. That said, today we got a packed show. We're going to give you guys another Apple Plus special. I don't know why, but we're covering a ton of Apple Plus content on here. We're going to have a little discussion about Apple Plus itself. But This is not a podcast. This is just a long advertisement for Apple TV Plus. <laughs> uh, we, we're playing the long game. Uh, you know, I drafted it in the streaming draft. I, I'm feeling better about it every day. But, uh, you know, we got, we're going to talk about the new Tom Holland movie, Cherry. We're going to talk about this interesting video podcast type thing calls we're also going to talk about an oscar name oscar nominated animated movie wolf walkers you know and we're going to also give you guys a little taste of godzilla versus kong and the woody allen interview that's now streaming on paramount plus the cbs news interview with woody allen sam's going to come out hard in defense of woody i can tell he's a big woody guy but i want to start Speaking of Easter and coming back from the dead with CSI. Yes. Oh, I you like sent me this article. CSI, the original, is being resurrected at CBS. It's going to be called CSI Vegas with the original, two of the original main characters, William Peterson and Georgia Fox. Her name, I believe, is said, pronounced Georgia, are going to come back. Give me your thoughts on this. This is kind of an interesting, weird story to me. This is a. Gene, this is a total CBS move, okay? But it's genius, okay? They should just call it CSI Rehash, okay? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, a ton of people are going to tune into this. This is going to be great for them. They need content. They need something on, the, on Paramount+. Plus. I'm not going to watch this new CSI, but a lot of people will. I think it's genius. I mean, 
each episode is its own, you know, meal. You know, you, you feel satisfied at the end of it. You get the crime and you get the conclusion. So I, I think this is genius by them. I, like enough time has passed. People are going to be clamoring for it. And at least for a few seasons, people are going to like this. Yeah, I agree. Look, I, I love CSI. I don't watch it anymore. I, I love the original. I watched Miami, which was the first spinoff. You watched Miami? I did. Oh, I, wow. I was I love a this. big fan of Miami. Um, you were Wow, you're admitting to be a big fan of Miami. I mean, I oh, lived. Wow. I used to live in Miami. so So I, you got to watch the CSI spinoff of it. I mean, wow. Which was all filmed in LA, by the way. They oh, just wow. used like establishing shots in Miami. But nice. I loved Miami. After that, I gave up on There was New York. There was Cyber. Oh, Gary Sinise. There was Cyber. There's New Orleans. No, that's like NCIS. But there was there's like at least four of them at this point. So this would be five. It is kind of genius. I mean, people are going to, at first, people are going to tune into this. Um, by the way, CSI was on, I think it went off the air and, hold on, I wrote it down. Let me guess, 2010. 2015. Oh, okay. But he was on it until like 2010, 2012, something like that. Hmm. And then like they brought in Lawrence Fishburne and Ted Danson came in as like the leads for a while. I forgot about that, yeah. But it was on for 15 years. I mean, that's pretty good. I, that's Law and Order got it to 20. Original Law and Order got to 20 before they canceled it. So, which I want to shout out uh, Law and Order SVU. Stabler came back for an episode. Jeez, there's enough commercials but for it. Anyway, I, it was a great episode. But, you know, you said the, what did you, you call it? CSI rehash? Yeah. I think they should call it CSI Jesus because it's been resurrected. Love this drop. Sam put on some sunglasses. That was a great drop, though. Thank, that's, that's, I forgot about that song. That's a great. CSI Miami, though. That's like what uh, uh, the main character in CSI Miami do. He's always put on his sunglasses with the, the Who scream coming. Oh, okay. Dude, I like that. But uh, Great bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I laughed at my own bit. So let's move in and talk about Netflix. They just bought two Knives Out sequels starring... Daniel Craig and directed by Ryan Johnson for $450 million. Just for some context, the movie itself, so Knives Out itself, made $311 million total on a $40 million budget. So they, they just dished out for two more movies, $450 million, Like that's more than the budget. I don't know. I can't do the math in my head, but it's a lot, right? What are your thoughts on this? I liked the first movie. I thought it was good. I think you were a fan as well. I liked it as well. I was surprised by this. Um, listen, I, I, I don't really... I, I think we're going to be watching a movie about WeWork uh, for an episode coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of... You know, so it's a company that uh, was way overvalued is my you know, idiot perspective of it right now. I'll, I'll have to watch the documentary. I'm not sure... I just don't see how Netflix like recoups its investment on this. I think it's like really interesting that they're uh, that they're going for this. Yeah, I like the original. Um, two more? Do we need? I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I did. I did really enjoy the original, but man, they're they're really banking on people to want to spend time in this Knives Out universe. And I'm just not sure people are that invested in it. I think it's it's very interesting. Uh, 450 million sounded like a lot to me, but then when I put it in that context, so I looked up what the money, uh, what they spent on the first movie, it's it's like ridiculous how much money for a, a non theater 
movie, right? A movie that will be, I don't know, maybe they will release it in theaters. Maybe they'll adopt this HBO Max thing. But I don't think so. I don't they think so either. They seem committed but, to the just the home thing. But yeah. when I thought about it a little more, right, this is Netflix's attempt to est- essentially establish like this Agatha Christie universe, right, where they're starting to make, um, Kenneth Branagh is making these Her- Hercule Pro Row, which is Agatha Christie's, um, you know, de- detective character. They're yeah. gonna like. They're basically doing the same thing here with Daniel Craig as this, and like Netflix gets two of the movies. But if it works, right? Like if those movies work, this could be like a huge franchise going forward. This could be like something that new characters come and inhabit, you know, or new actors come and inhabit this character in different ways. I, this could be massive, you know. I guess what confuses me about that, though, like, even if like they are like huge hits, okay. Netflix's upside is still just this monthly subscription. Okay, like they like they 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 never reap the benefits from a huge hit, I feel like. I mean may, maybe I'm being naive and it's like they they have proof that if they have a huge hit, like people stay subscribed for longer. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm glad that you compared this to the Murder on the Orient Express yeah. uh yeah. thing because uh that was in the news recently. Disney is shelving it temporarily because our boy Army Hammer's troubles. Okay. Uh, yeah. The uh, yeah. death on the Nile is the one that's being yeah. shelved. And I actually want to talk to you about this. Like, I feel like, first of all, we are still an Army Hammer podcast. Army, we love you. You're innocent. I have no proof of that, but I'm just going to stick with it. Uh, do, does the average theater goer know who the hell Army Hammer is? Like, if you say, like, hey, do you know who, like, is he that like much of a household name? Like, I think they should just put that movie out now. I think they're making things worse by just delaying this and delaying this. Like, peel the Band-Aid off. I agree. I think um, this is a... By the way, this was going to be a Disney movie. Uh-huh. This was made... The first one, Murder on the Orient Express, was not. So this one... Well, it was caught in that Fox buyout thing, right? Right. But yeah. but the point is, is like, because of the Disney name, it's going to attract yeah. a little bit younger audience. I don't think most of them will care or know that Army Hammer... That's just my opinion. I agree. Like either the the idea just putting this off is not going to make it better unless somehow Army Hammer gets proven completely innocent, which seems unlikely at this point. He will be proven innocent. Okay, um, I guarantee I'm it. I'm not. Def- I'm okay. not. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying that like there's not going to. This is just one of those stories where it's not going to go away for him. Yeah, they should just put it out. Eat eat the loss. You know. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of is actually the most recent Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which obviously this is not nearly as big of a property, but like there's a lot of controversy because Johnny Depp was in it. He was playing Grindelwald. And uh, why not just put it out? Hide him in all the advertising. Apparently he's in the movie a lot, but who cares? Just hide him in the advertising, yeah. market it as something else, and take the loss and go home. Yeah, I mean, it's people are going to be pissed. The thing is, it's this, this whole cancel culture, woke stuff bullshit you know people are gonna be pissed no matter when it comes out you know as soon as like the marketing starts up unless you just cancel and, the marketing you know you say people but like do that many people know who army hammer is i i just i don't know i think a lot of people know him just for the scandal like i feel like hmm. maybe this is like i feel people like people are pissed at him and yeah. didn't even ever probably never watched a movie of his and they just hate him i feel like we know about the scandal because we host an entertainment podcast but I, I just don't know if the average entertainment watcher really is knows about the scandal i could be wrong regardless though they should just it's a great story yeah they should yeah. just release it and eat, eat bite the bullet on it mm-hmm. but going back to um knives out the last thing i wanted to daniel craig the last thing i wanted to say is that daniel craig you know notoriously despised filming the last few bond movies just because it takes such a physical toll on him he just 
It just like exhausting him. And, uh, I found it interesting that this for look, this movie's not physical, but I found it interesting that he's willing to attach himself to what seems to be another like franchise type character. It's very similar to Bond and like they're going to put him in different movies in movies that have no like through line other than he's a detective solving him, which is kind of Bond-esque, like, you know, different movies, different plots, whatever. It seemed interesting to me that he's willing to jump into a di- like a, a completely new one right after he's about to finish his Bond run. But uh, but what was that number again? Uh, yeah, four hundred million, well, and yeah. which is why he came back to do the last Bond. Is like yeah, when he was contractually obliged. But they threw a massive number, massive amount of money at him. Probably needs the money. You know, he's probably freaking buying dinosaur eggs like Nicolas Cage. He's like, oh my god, I need another franchise quick. But let's speaking of big amounts of money. The last thing, last news story I want to talk about is uh, this rapper Bad Baby. Have you ever heard of her? That was gonna be my first question to you. I. The way it was explained to me is the Catch Me Outside girl. Okay. Okay. So I have never listened to any of her songs, but she became sort of a pop culture phenomenon about five or six years ago. She was on Dr. Phil. I believe she was like 13 years old at the time. And she has this meme where she was, I don't even know what the context of it was, but she said, Catch Me Outside. And it became like this whole huge meme. Um, That's how she kind of became famous. She parlayed that into what seems to be a successful rap career. Uh, I guess she's moderately successful as a rapper goes by the, her real name's Danielle Bregoli, who's a Jewish and Italian. Oh, Sam, are you in love from Florida? Are you in love Jewish uh, from you, Florida? Uh, you yeah. must be. Oh, uh, but she, her rap, you know, alias is bad baby, but she just turned 18 like a couple weeks ago, a week or two ago. And she set up a OnlyFans account, which for anyone else, uh, their OnlyFans is essentially like a porn subscription type thing. It's not really, but it's like direct to the the creators. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a porn social media network, sort it's, of. It's not and technically you can set your por- own subscription. Yeah, right. you don't have to do porn. It's not technically porn, but a lot of people have nude photos. It's basically, and a lot there. of porn. Yeah. So she opened as soon as she turned eighteen. She opened an account, and she made. A million dollars in 24 hours, which set the record. She took the record from uh, Sam Oliver. No, what's the uh, the Disney the uh, Bella Thorne? Yeah, Bella Thorne, who is this Disney actress on the Disney Channel as a kid, and she's like been into very risque stuff as she got older. I think this is fascinating and also disturbing at the same time. But I want to get your thoughts first. Well, uh, my first question for you is: Have you ever subscribed to anyone on OnlyFans? Mm-mm. Okay. I have not. No. I'm just going to say right here, I have a few people, probably like five people at different times. Do you know what Bad Baby's subscription price is? No. $25 per Oh, user, I did know that. Yeah. Which is insane. That's the highest I've ever seen on OnlyFans. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, it, it kind of just proves to me that sex sells. Okay. As much as much as we want to say, and it kind of show, like porn can, is always such like an underground industry and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I was going to subscribe if it was five dollars. I was super curious like what her content would be, and I had I did not know who she was before this. Uh, I do. You said she had a successful rap career. I would say no. I mean, I'm I kind of listen to a lot of music. I I've never heard of her any of her songs, um, but I think 
we kind of just have this like primal urge of seeing someone that we've heard of or someone who's famous naked, I think is sort of what it comes down to. So very interesting thing. Uh, I just want to say here at Spieling and Dealing, we are looking into an OnlyFans account. You know, maybe this is this is what's going to really boost listenership. You know, people want to see us naked first, then hear what we have to say later. Well, so yeah, I think, new uh, pictures of Rico on there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's fascinating. Well, she made 700 some thousand of the million on subscriptions, and then she made the rest up on tip, like oh, okay. tips or direct payments. Yeah. So, um, like that $25 thing, you know, a lot of people jumped on that. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's fascinating, but it's also disturbing because clearly a lot of like creepy dudes were waiting for this girl to turn 18 and like jumped on this immediately. I, I don't know. I think we can be a little more sex positive on this podcast. I mean, like Cardi B put out an OnlyFans. I'm not criticizing her. I'm yeah. not criticizing her. I think she can do whatever she wants. But it just seems like... I don't think these people are waiting around. I think it's like she announced it and then people were just like, oh, I'm going to go check this out. I, I, I think calling people who pay for porn creepy is, uh, is a step I don't want to take. I'm not calling people generally who You pay just for, did. I called the girl who turned 18 and then like made a million dollars right away oh what if she had waited a month then is it not creepy anymore i don't know i don't know but it's just like it seems like dudes were just waiting for this to happen you know but it goes to a thing like bella thorne as well she was famous for being like a kid star and now is making tons like they're both beautiful girls don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong i'm not they're women now ollie okay they're 18 you're right. right they're both beautiful women but it just seems like such a weird, creepy thing. Oh, let's not call it creepy. Come on, you're ruining this segment. I first, I just want to say to people, OnlyFans, uh, it's impossible to like watch a video on OnlyFans. Okay, the site has horrible bandwidth. Like they must have like no servers or something because like it's impossible to get through like more than like five seconds of a video. So I just want to say that to people. Uh, if you're planning on watching <laughs> videos on there, you can't do it. Okay. Isn't a lot of it video? Do they like uh, private chats and all that? Uh, it's it's videos, it's pictures, but the videos never load, and they can't be more than ten minutes, because uh, like the site is like it's like it must have been built in the Stone Age. It's ridiculous. Well, the moral of the story is we need an OnlyFans because we can make a million dollars in twenty four hours. So yeah, but don't be creepy about it, okay, people? Don't. Yeah, yeah Rico's just a seven month old child. You know, don't don't subscribe too quickly. Okay? I put pictures of myself on there. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but all right, let's let's segue from the news into our Apple Plus extravaganza. But before we get into the actual like content we're going to talk about, you wanted to have a little quick discussion about Apple Plus itself. Yes, I do. I'm fascinated by this service. Did you look at the article I sent you earlier? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't. No, I'm glad you didn't. Okay. Guess how many subscribers Apple TV Plus has? Uh, no, I don't know. It has about 34 million subscribers. That's pretty good. But 62% of those are people who have a free year from buying an Apple device. And of the people surveyed, most of the people do not plan on continuing these subscriptions after their free trial runs out. And I'm fascinated by this, but I, I there's no way Apple is making money on this service right now. But... I'm wondering if they even care about making money on Apple TV Plus, or do they just want to get people there so that way when they buy like a new movie that's VOD, you get it on Apple and not Amazon. Also, I know that I, I, I want, they must factor in the product placement as free advertising because, you know, I, the iPhones are very prominently displayed in all these Apple TV shows. Uh, people are always wearing white earbuds. Uh, even in Cherry, I was like, was the iPod even out yet? He's, Tom Holland had some uh, white buds in. Um, but I, I don't think the product placement is worth as much when it's already 
most of the people already bought an Apple device to buy it, so they're already fans of it. So, I don't know. Anyway, interesting service, but I, I just don't see it hitting mainstream like the other ones. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they start cutting down on the uh, the free subscriptions with phones. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Disney did the same thing, by the way, with um, Verizon or some customers, you would get free. The stats were in that. Their percentage, though, of people who did that was much, it was like 13% oh, of users yeah, versus I'm, like I'm sure 62%. it was much lower. Yeah. There's no, there's no tie-in with the technology. and But yeah. anyway. But I am really fascinated by this, but I want to give them actually a compliment because I they've been taking very small bets. They haven't made any large, like ridiculous financial uh, investments. Like the Knives Out thing doesn't really, like I feel like Netflix is sort of playing with Monopoly money still. Like none of their decisions are based in financial reality where Apple is the, has the biggest, you know, market share. Like pro- Actually, Amazon's probably worth more than Apple. But I mean, Apple has a ton of cash reserves. It's actually a profitable company. Uh, so I want to give them credit for not, they, they're still dipping their toes in, but they haven't gone, they're still spending it like it's real money. So I'm going to give them credit for that. Uh, you know, you mentioned that. I uh, Another note I wrote down, by the way, about the Netflix deal, the previous record that they had for a film was The, the Gray Irish, Man. Oh, The sorry. Irishman, $130 million. So they crushed it. Not, well, The Gray Man is uh, over $200 million as well. We're going to talk about that when we get to Cherry. Okay. Yeah. I did not see that, but yep. all right. Well, you said Cherry. Let's talk about Cherry. Um, Cherry, to set it up for you guys, is a movie about starring Tom Holland, directed by the Russo brothers, who did a bunch of the Marvel movies. Um, the highest grossing movie of all time, Avengers Game. Uh, Avengers Endgame, yeah. Yep. Um, but basically, it's about uh, a guy who he becomes a Marine and then, or Army. Army joins the Army. He falls or he falls in love with a girl, joins the army, becomes a drug addict. It's more or less the the story. Um, give me your thoughts on this movie. Uh, well, before, uh, did you like this movie? Uh, go first, go first, okay. because I don't. I want. I don't want to just ruin uh, what you're going to say. Yeah. Okay. This movie is like fine to me. I I think the first half of it is. I'm in, I enjoyed the first half. The second half is really aimless and sort of pointless. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to, if they're even saying anything with it, it just, it doesn't really go anywhere. But you know, the first half is, is him going to college and falling in love with his girl and becoming a good joining the army and going to, um, he goes to Iraq in like early two thousands ish. So, you know, he gets in some shit like his best friend dies and then he comes back and he gets addicted to drugs. And that's basically the whole second half of the movie is just him being addicted to drugs with his wife, girlfriend. It really doesn't say anything. It doesn't go anywhere other than like talking, uh, speaking about addiction. It's just sort of aimless. It really doesn't do anything for me. Um, I think Tom Holland is really good in this. Oh, you don't like Tom Holland in this. I, I think he's really good in this. Wow. Personally. I can't believe you thought anything was good about this movie. I'm sorry. Keep going. But, the, you know, that was about all I can say about it. Uh, the girl to me is way too, she looks too young. Um, I yeah, think, is she even 18 yet? Can she have an OnlyFans? Look, I think she looks. A bunch look, of creepy dudes probably watching well, this movie. Well, I think she looks too young because. She looks too young, th- people. This, this, this movie covers. A, even a, if she is 18, put her in jail. No. This movie covers a big span of time. Like it goes from him being in high school, mm-hmm. like 
right around there. Yeah. Covers like two hours and 20 minutes, <laughs> way too long of a span of time. It goes, yeah. yeah, it is too long of a movie by the way. But it, it goes from him like being in high school to like, I'm guessing like 30s, like the the time period that's covered, I don't they don't really explicitly say, but it's a long period of time. And she looks like she could be in middle school. Like she looks very young. Um, I'm not saying she was bad. I just think she looks so young. It's sort of unbelievable to me. Uh, Sam, you have something with young girls. We're going to have to get to the bottom. Well, you know, oh, we, we missed the Woody Allen story, Sam. We're going to have to circle back to that later. Well, we, we're going to circle back to that. You know, let me jump in here, Sam. This movie was absolutely terrible. I can't, you're being way too kind to it. I, I, I watched this Thursday night. I have been shopping. I, I wanted to call you immediately and be like, be like, what the fuck is going on with Cherry? Okay, this movie is a fascinating hot mess. None of our listeners should watch a second of this film. It's absolutely yeah, terrible. Um, oh, well, you were much nicer to it just a second ago. But uh, none, none of our listeners should watch this movie, but I'm really excited to talk to you about it. First of all, I, I, I totally question the Russo brothers' ability to direct. Uh, I think this movie shows, like, listen, they did great inside the Marvel system, okay? But I think, like, Disney and Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige should get a lot of credit because I think like a trained monkey could probably direct like those movies are so homogenized like and, and you're working with incredible actors I mean they're working with like Robert Downey Jr. Scarlett Johansson Mark Ruffalo yada 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 everybody knows who these people are you let these Russo brothers on their own without any guidance and this is a really really terrible movie I mean okay question for you what genre would you say this movie is I mean, it's a drama. That's all I can say. I mean, I wouldn't. It 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 weaves multiple genres into it. Like it's a part war movie, mm-hmm. part I don't know what you would call it, drug movie, uh-huh. addiction story. The reason I asked, I watched this with my brother in law, and he kept asking, "Is this a comedy?" Because at times it's like it plays. Yeah, at it times plays. it's trying to be, and especially during the military part, it does this sort of surreal thing. Uh, like Tom Holland's name tag says soldier uh, that one of the drills or his recruiter has like whomever on it. Uh, you know, I, I think kind of the main problem is this should not have been adapted into a movie. Actually. I mean, I've not read the book that it's based oh, off. I didn't of. know it was a book. Yeah. It's based off a novel. Actually, there's things about this that reminded me of uh, out of regs. That's a plug. There's going to be a link in the thing. It's out of regs is much better than this. Uh, but I always said out of regs should not be a movie. It's, it's, it's a book. And I, I feel the same way. Uh, about this Uh, the main thing the problem with this is that it's way too long it's divided into like five parts right the first part is the introduction to him is way too long uh let me backtrack a second here and uh, you, you could say was this horrible writing or horrible editing and the answer is both okay i'm not sure the average viewer knows how little control an editor has it's really the direct the editor does the technical stuff but it's the director who gets to pick what stays in and what stays out. And I am just shocked that these Russo brothers who, listen, let's give them the credit. They, they directed the highest grossing film of all time. They directed a lot, you know, the Avengers, they directed a lot of these things. But this is such a, like, the editing is is just absolutely terrible. Everything is way too long, but they also wrote tor- like horribly as well. Like, there's so much of this movie should not have been here. Uh, you referenced the drug section of the movie and the bank robbing. So he's like just a drugged out bank robber for like an hour and a half of this film, and there's like that should not have like, the same scene kept, keeps happening over and over. Tom Hart, uh, Tom Holland is messed up on drugs, and he goes into a bank, throws up on himself, and we see the same thing over and over again. That needs to be, like, 
tightened up in the writing process. Do that in two scenes, okay? Show us him getting caught, whatever. Another problem is, so this guy, the movie, there's like a false ending where Tom, oh, spoiler alert coming up here, but you shouldn't watch this anyway, where Tom Holland just decides to, you know, be a nice guy at the end and kill himself after a bank robbery gone wrong. And he tries to overdose in the middle of the street on heroin. And so so our, our protagonist, right, just giving up, willing to die. But oh, wait, guess what? There's an epilogue. He survived and he goes to jail and turns his life around. And not only that, but this woman who looks way too young to Sam uh, <laughs> is waiting for him the whole with time. Gray, with gray hair, by the way. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing, though. That epilogue should have been the movie. That's the whole character transformation right there. I mean, like, what we saw for the first two hours should have just been like the first 15 minutes. Like The whole character transformation is at the end here. This movie's a mess. I, I like that you brought up the surrealism aspect because I did write that down. There is, for the first half of the movie, there is this sort of surrealism that I think is interesting. Um, there's some cutaways to like, you know, they were really unnecessary to me, but like they're trying to like explain a character in a certain way. Um, but they, they pretty much discontinue that surrealism in the second half of the movie when he's a drugged out bank robber. Like that just goes away. It's not important anymore that it's a weird shift in tone that the movie has. Um, I don't want to keep, you know, you hit on all of it. I wouldn't, I wasn't going to recommend this. Like uh, as much as I thought the first half was a fine, the second half first is, half is not fine and you're right they also like change colors like a lot in the first half for absolutely no reason tones. it adds yeah. nothing to the story you know and i actually missed on what the biggest problem with this the russo brothers direct these actors horribly okay they do not set these actors up for success at all tom holland does not do a good job in this movie i'm sorry but especially the actors who we don't know they're overacting to freaking eternity in this movie like i it's the overacting in this movie is incredible um, we kind of hit on this already. I have a question for you. Um, is Tom Holland a movie star or does he do a good Spider-Man impression? I think he's a movie star. Oh, okay. You don't? Well, I mean, let's look at the last few months he's had. Okay. He had this movie. He had that chaos walking with Daisy Ridley, which absolutely tanked and was a terrible film. And he also had like the devil inside me or whatever with Robert Pattinson on Netflix. All these stink. Listen, I'm not seeing the movie star qualities. I don't think he, he lacks a physicality. And that's not just because he's short. He just doesn't have the screen presence of a Tom Cruise or somebody else like that who's short. I I don't see it. I think he's a nice kid. He does a good Peter Parker impression. Uh, I, I'm I'm selling my Tom Holland stock. I, I want to... Uh, you may be right. And I... But I want to give him the benefit. As far as the Chaos Walking movie goes... That's not a fair criticism because that movie was filmed before the first Spider-Man. That movie's been in like development hell. There's been problems with that movie. It just is coming out now. And it came came out in the theaters, by the way, not on streaming during a pandemic. So I didn't see it. Maybe it's a terrible movie. Maybe it's I don't know what it is. But I'm gonna give that like that movie has a lot more problems than just Tom Holland. I was curious to watch that as a science fiction person. Um, I was interested in that movie, but I didn't watch it. Anyway, you might be right. Maybe he is not the great actor. Maybe he's just good at Spider-Man. But, you know, what we'll, I think we're going to see. And I'm not saying young. he's a bad he's, actor. I'm saying he's not like a star. Like, he should not be carrying movies is what I'm going to say. Well, I guess we'll see. You know, he's still young. He's still really young. Now, I want to transition to these Russo brothers, okay? Uh, 
I looked at their filmography before. This movie is such a mess. Like I'm, I'm on red alert for these guys. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, right now, they're in the process of filming The Gray Man for Netflix. Netflix's attempt at James Bond. A uh, $250 million budget for this film, okay? Uh, Gosling, Chris Evans. Uh, if I was Netflix, I would be terrified right now about how... I'm telling you right now, this is going to be... A, I, I, was, I, I talked about how excited I was for this movie a couple months ago. I'm now terrified. I don't think Netflix has the sort of bumpers in place to prevent a disaster and keep a movie on track like a longtime studio like Disney and Marvel does. I'm very worried. I mean, you look at their filmography. The only thing that they've done that isn't either Marvel, where it's already set up, or a sitcom that's already been set up, the only thing they've done on their own is a film called You, Me, and Dupree. Okay. Uh, Which was uh, Owen Wilson. Kate Hudson and Matt's... Uh, Matt Dillon. Yeah. It's comedy, which was meh. So, listen, I mean, listen, I still want to be in Marvel movies. Uh, so, Joe and Anthony, I love you. Cast me, please. But, listen, I'm selling my stock. Okay. I, now that you described it, I do remember this gray man, um, James Bond sort of send up. Uh, look, they're clearly good at action. Like, they do, they did the all the best Marvel movies. They basically did them. Like, they did the Captain Americas, which are considered the best ones. And they did the last two Avengers movies. Um, they're they're clearly good at action. Maybe that'll translate to a Bond esque movie. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. But the last thing I want to say on Cherry is there was a really good Easter egg. I don't know if you caught it when he's at boot camp. Did you catch who one of the drill instructors was being played by? No, Damon Wayne's Jr., which is a nice Easter egg for Major Payne, his dad, Damon Wayne's. Play Major Pain, which is a great movie. I don't know. Oh, well, you said something nice about Cherry, which is more than I can do. But okay. that was yeah. that was a good Easter egg. But anyway, let's uh let's segue to the next Apple Plus show we're gonna talk about, which is the very strange, eerie video podcast, is what I would call it, calls. This this movie is it's not a movie, Shut sorry. Down. This show is an audio i don't know how to describe it other than like it's all people talking on the phone it's audio with a sort of visual equalizer type thing going on that um is sort of portraying what's happening there's no there's no visuals to speak of other than like you know little uh, peaks and valleys of a of a v- equalizer it's short in terms of the show the episodes are 20 minutes or less i think we both watched two I didn't get to three. Um, let me know what you think of this. It's a strange decision by Apple to me. but Well, we talked about this after watching two, and I said, so uh, should we watch three? And uh, you said, yeah, because there's supposed to be a through line to it. It's like, we'll find out if there is. So I actually listened to two. I watched the first two. Did not like it. Uh, the, the stories are, I don't know, they're fine, they're whatever. Uh, and so then I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to two uh, while I'm driving. And I actually enjoyed those more. Oh, do they release it as a podcast? No, no, no. I just played the oh, Apple okay. TV okay. app on my phone and played it through the car. Um, Pedro Pascal comes in the third one. I did see that. I was disappointed I didn't get to it. He, it's it's the best one out of four really bad to mediocre episodes. But yeah, this this is ridiculous. This is a podcast. Um I mean, the radio drama has been around for, what, 100 years now, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just weird to me that they're trying to sell it 
as a TV show, but I think it's a way for them to work with some big name talent. I, that's also like why I think they did Cherry. It's like they want to work with Joe and Anthony Russo, so they paid forty million dollars for this movie. But no one should spend their time on calls. It's if there is a through the only through line so far is like a lot of infidelity, uh, some supernatural stuff in yeah. every episode. But no, people do not need to waste their time on calls. Yeah, I just watching or watching quote unquote the two there isn't a through line other than there's some supernatural stuff going on i cannot figure out why this isn't released as a podcast because when i look at this show on the apple plus app and i see that a show episode is 18 minutes i think and i know that there's no visual i think what the f that's too friggin' long right but if you gave me this as 18 minute podcast i think that's perfect right to me that's like a short scripted podcast that's like with an intrigue. I, I think there's intrigue in the plot. I, I would like to see what the through line is, um, but I don't know. You don't know after four. No, yeah. So there's the 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 advertising and the 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 preview uh, trailers for it, if you can call it a trailer, suggest that there's a through line that you have to listen to the end. Yeah. If this were a podcast, I'd be all about it. Honestly, I'd be. Rex saying like it's it's an interesting idea but it's not I wouldn't be all about it i mean i'll go so i wanted to mention this i'll go so far as to say i actually think the visuals do hurt this show yeah okay it, it I, just distracts from like it distracts your attention yeah and it they're like it's weird on the eyes you know it's like and i can't Im i think i watch all these by myself but i can't imagine like like i'd feel awkward watching this with somebody like you just you can't yeah the only thing that i could think of like as a positive to it it's like oh like, you can like you don't get the characters mixed up i guess if you always see their names when they're talking or something but i mean people have there there are narrative podcasts right now I i'm curious there, uh, yeah there are there like homecoming was a huge they made it in a tv show with julia roberts was a, I was which say. was which also was very similar in a lot of ways because a lot of that podcast is done through phone calls so which was the what i immediately thought of watching this i didn't watch the show homecoming and Homecoming, I don't think is... I listened that to... That was better as a podcast, too. Did you listen to that? I did. Okay. That's the only narrative I, podcast I've listened I, to. I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was amazing. But, you know, it, it's similar in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, I, the the visuals do distract you. They don't add anything. Um, they don't add into the, anything to the story at all. Uh, this is star-studded. Like, there are so many... These They're all... There's a through line, but they're all cast with different people with yeah. a different plot. Well, they must love it. They can do it from the backyard. Oh, with no yeah, effort. they're they're just banking money, you know, you know, calling in from wherever on their phone and recording this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's like, hey, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, do you have a shitty phone connection uh, available to you right now? Great, you're casting calls. Aaron right. Taylor Johnson, Ben Schwartz, uh. Yep. Uh, Pedro Pascal, Lily Collins, uh, it was star star. The guy from um, Riley Keogh, uh, Bra uh, Bradley Ke or uh, Riley Keogh, yeah. um, one of the Duplass brothers. The the dude from uh, Braun, Nicholas Braun from uh, what's the uh, Succession? The very tall guy. Oh yeah, um, like it's Greg the just, Egg. and that's just the first like four. I think we've like it's star studded. Yeah, I can't recommend this. I, like, oh, God, even no. if at twenty minutes, I feel like it's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, if they release this as a podcast, I'd probably listen to the whole thing. But I, mm. I'm not gonna finish this as it is. It just feels like a waste of my visual time. <laughs> I agree. I enjoyed it a lot more while driving. Either. Yeah. But anyway, so don't 
please don't watch calls. If they do ever release it as a podcast, just listen to it there. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to the last Apple Plus offering today. It's a animated movie that's nominated for the best animated motion picture Oscar. It's called Wolf Walkers. This is an animated movie that's it's hard to describe, but basically it's about like a girl in sort of middle century, an English girl in middle century Ireland who essentially gets mixed up with like werewolves. They're not really werewolves, but she falls asleep or these uh, werewolves, quote unquote, is when they fall asleep, they become a wolf. Um, This is a kid's movie through and through. There's nothing really here for adults like a Pixar movie, say. But this is a very visually like like appealing movie. It's got a sort of a more nineties style animation, like a with that we grew up with, but it's stylized in a lot of ways, like very stylish. Um Well, Sam's all he's being too kind already. I mean, adults don't watch this film. Okay, it's not that good. No. Uh I watched it with my three year old niece actually. Uh we had it on for literally uh three seconds and she was like i love this but she's at that age where she loves anything uh and actually i think this movie is actually a little too violent for three-year-olds i was gonna say that. yeah yeah well uh so yeah i wouldn't say maybe if you have like an eight-year-old or something go for it but this movie is really unremarkable for adults don't watch it yeah i, I was gonna say it might be a little scary for young young kids it's kind of yeah it's got some violence in it but even the day after we watched it she was like i want to watch wolf packers so you know yeah. <laughs> Wolf Packer. Yeah. Well, she had uh, but, to turn away at points. But yeah. yeah. If you got kids, watch it. If you don't, don't watch it. No, don't watch it if you got kids. It stinks. Uh, but that that's concludes our Apple Plus special. Any last thoughts on Apple Plus now that we've talked about it? Uh, I'm waiting for the Boys State sequel and the season two of Ted Lasso. Okay. Yeah, they could keep doing Boys State like every Yo, year. Yeah, they should just do it every year. That'd yeah. be, I would watch it every year. It's fascinating. But I'm waiting for Ted Lasso season two. I'm mm. super psyched about that already. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the segment that everybody's excited for, the Marvel Minute. Welcome back to Spieling and Dealing. Oh, my goodness. It is time, Sam. Uh, people want to hear. It's the Marvel Minute, people. You all know what this is. Sam, what what episode are we talking? Episode four now? Three. three. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I actually have some questions written down for you first. But first, Sam, please give us, uh, tell us what happened in episode three. Where are you at with Falcon and the Winter Soldier? All right, so I'm not going to, to use my, before, we're not starting the clock yet. But before Jesus. before we before I start the Marvel Minute, I'm going to use the Marvel Minute to try and talk you into watching this, which you won't do. I am going to catch up for the finale. I really am. Okay, but mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, kind of talk you into this with my marvel minute this week okay instead of just describing briefly what happens in the episode okay because this episode was it was fun but you know whatever but i think the most interesting thing that this this show is doing is it's approaching the idea of like what it means to be a black superhero right so you got the 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 falcon who's picking up the mantle supposed to pick up the mantle of captain america which happens at the end of endgame and he feels unworthy not necessarily because he's black but he just feels unworthy of it but he's he's learning like that there is a black superhero mantle that he needs to potentially bring up as like one of the m- more prominent particularly as the american right so there's black panther who's not american in the in the uh the universe he's the american black with don Cheadle was the american black superhero and he's being asked to pick up the Captain America mantle. They give it to a white guy. The government does. 
We still got it, baby. Yeah. I oh. think it's it's a it's a really interesting topic to to address is like what it means to be a black superhero, what what that represents. And I think that they haven't the third episode doesn't really delve into that as much as the first two do. But I think that going forward, that's going to be a clear th- uh, thing that they address. And it's very interesting to me. And I think they're doing it well. And it's very interesting to me how that comes about at the end of the show. See, I'm going to watch it just because uh, you praise these Marvel shows too much. And we need like a dose of reality on the podcast, too. And that's what I bring to it. I am going to catch up for the finale, I promise. I'm actually interested. I uh, Who's the actor who plays government agent or whatever? Uh, it's uh, Kurt Wyatt. Russell. Wyatt Russell. Kurt yeah. Russell's son. I like him as an actor, so I'm excited to see him on this. He, I, he, I, he's pretty solid. I mean, he's yeah. had a, he was only really in it the second episode, but he, he was good. I, I enjoyed him. Well, Sam, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see him. I said I'm a Sebastian Stan fan. I am going to catch up before the finale. Uh, but I saw an article this week that was like, Oh my god! The huge, spo- the huge uh, cameo in this episode uh, explained, talked about, and so I, I immediately clicked on it because I didn't care about watching. It. I just wanted to see what it was. And spoiler alert! Yeah, the big spoiler is that a character from Black Panther shows up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, were you excited by this cameo? But actually, before also, did you know that character's name when she showed up? Not at all. Uh, okay. She has been in the other movies, so it's not like some rando. Um, it's not really a cameo. It's a cameo in this episode, but clearly she's going to be in it at least the next episode or going forward. Uh, it's a cameo. We had a character wanna, from Black wanna, Panther come in. They're right, crisscrossing but these it's, shows. It's That's not what like doing. they just showed up and left. Like It's going to be a through uh, part of the story going forward. I don't want to like get into it because this is... No, I do want to get into it. Uh, Sam, now why did she show up? What is she doing in the Captain America world. This is like a long explanation. Uh, I'm it's gonna, not. It's I'm, really not. I'm going to I'm gonna cut it down. They release the villain from Captain America Civil War, Baron Zemo. He is like one of... He's really good, actually, in the last episode. But Daniel re- Brule, right? Daniel Brule. They release him from prison, um, and he's the one who killed their king in that movie. So they show up at the very end like they're going to want... They want to, you know, take him back to Wakanda and kill... I guess... Kill him. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. She wants revenge for a crime committed in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Civil War. W- Civil War. Do you know what? Uh, when did that movie come out? 2017. So, okay. I thought it actually came out in 20. I thought it was the one that came out in 2014. But still, audiences are supposed to be on the hook and care about revenge for a crime that happened four years ago in the, countless movies and TV shows ago. The Marvel this fans is, are, I, yeah. I know. And this is, uh, this is my problem with it. But it, yeah, I guess you just answered it. But are you like, hell yeah, we're finally going to get like revenge for this? Honestly, no. Okay. Honestly, I could have do, I could do without that detour. The thing that interests me about this show is what I just talked about. But a black superhero showed up, and you're not interested. She's she's not really a superhero. I mean, oh, whoa! She's not a superhero. Come she, on. She she is like an auxiliary. She has Wakanda powers. Yeah, no, not she is she, a superhero. She doesn't. She's just a, like a good fighter. Sam Oliver does not care about black superheroes, right? No, I'm kidding. Come on, that's not true. But uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next episode. But that didn't probably get me as going as a lot of people did. I, I guess I should just say that. Okay. Okay. Well, Sam, uh, let's transition, okay? Uh, huge release this week, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Did I get the title right? Yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, it 
debuted in theaters as well as HBO Max. Uh, before we get into the film, let's talk box office because I think this is a great. A huge, I wanted to talk about this. Yes. Yeah, there's there's signs of life. I mean, yep. I, I believe the domestic haul for the first five days was about forty two and a half million dollars. Forty eight and a half, which which I think is a great number, especially mm-hmm. I mean considering the pandemic and the fact that a lot of people watch this on HBO Max. I'm sure, but I think the global number was oh, like two hundred forty or something. One twenty one point eight. For the oh. first week overseas. Okay, I thought it was higher, actually. Just overseas. Okay. But I that, thought it crossed it, 200 million. It came out, I believe, a week earlier overseas. But it, it made like 128. Oh, so basically, let's round up. 122 million the first week. It made like 112 the second week. So oh, okay. it stayed steady. It made uh, 48 and a half the first week here with being released on streaming. I agree. I think this is a great sign for theaters. I agree. Yeah. Great sign for theaters. We've been saying that theaters are going to come back fine. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of naysayers out there, but this is clearly showing that as we come back to normal, I would have never bet the number would be this big. I was impressed. I, I I'm very impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially because HBO Max has to be cannibalizing those numbers. It's know? gonna. It's probably gonna recoup its money. I don't know what the budget was like uh, offhand, but it's probably gonna recoup it just by theater. Uh, what it makes in the theater both here and overseas alone i, I that, that would be my guess well uh, yeah that, i mean I, I mean sure. i guess it was made for like 300 250 300 million dollars something like that i would think so but enough about financial sam let's talk about the actual film uh, i just want to lead this uh, with a question i came i came at this movie very open-minded very curious to hear what you had to say about it did you uh, watch it uh no god no <laughs> uh i so my first question is uh what kills more brain cells watching this movie or huffing gas for two hours definitely huffing gas well i mean you actually have to be conscious while you do that so you have to focus y- on what you you're doing you didn't really have to pay attention very hard to this movie okay well go uh, what did you think of this film uh, I think it's fun enough, right? The there is not much acting to speak of in this movie. The actors are just there. Um, they're really useless. The, you come to you come to movies like this. I love these kind of movies. You come to movies like this to see these sort of ridiculous giant action scenes. You came to this movie to wanting to see Godzilla fight King Kong, and you got that for the most part, right? Uh, there was like an attempt at a story, which is uh, absurd. The story was terrible. Uh, the acting, I don't even want to say it's bad. It's just do- non-existent. Like there's a lot of like sort of just facial expression acting and like reciting lines that were, that are ridiculous and written for them, but there's not much acting to speak of. Um, the only actor I can say did any decent job was Brian Tyree Henry as a sort of conspiracy theorist podcast guy. Uh, He's he's like entertaining. The rest of them are just going through the motions. Um, but look, the 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 fights between Godzilla and Kong are very entertaining. They look great. Oh, they're very entertaining. Yeah, watching a gorilla punch a dinosaur for two hours is entertaining. No, honestly, it's not that. It's less than I thought it would be. To be honest, um, there's there's some. The story's dumb. There's so many like yeah, I could tell you that. ridiculous plot holes. Uh, to be honest, so like I liked the movies leading up to this, the Godzilla, the Kong Skull Island, and then the Godzilla King of the Monsters for what they were, like giant monster movies. This movie really capitalizes on almost none of the storylines that they lay, which weren't great to begin with, but there were some that were like intriguing. This doesn't really capitalize on them at all. It, it's only good to just watch these two monsters fight 
Mecha Godzilla. This is a spoiler, by the way. Whoa, come on. Mecha Godzilla. Just drops the Mecha Godzilla on us. Whoa. Comes in as like really the, the, you know, Godzilla and Kong end up teaming up to fight Mecha Godzilla at the end. Oh my God. But so this, now you just, you ruined my last question. I was going to ask, uh, does Kong win or is there a dumb stalemate Godzilla that wins. sets up a sequel? No. Godzilla God, wins. Yeah. So th- wow. there's, they, te- they, I would say they fight three times, right? They fight mm. once toward the beginning. Which Godzilla wins. Did you cry when King Kong dies? He doesn't die. Oh, what the? So then nobody won. It just sets up for more sequels. So they they fight once at the beginning. Godzilla wins. They fight. uh, They basically have one other big fight, but it's kind of divided into two parts. So King Kong wins the first one. Godzilla wins the rubber match. And then they team up to fight Micah Godzilla. And they both survive. Boom. Oh wow! Does they set up the sequel? I love that because you know this movie. Like, we're talking about you know the CSI rehash or whatever. This this is like kind of the original blockbuster IP, right? I mean King Kong and Godzilla, right? Yeah. And I love how just you know, I mean, it's got to be like eighty years later since King Kong, right? Was that like nineteen twenties? Oh wow! Yeah. So a hundred years later. But I love how like you know that name is still like gets people in theaters. That is that's funny. You know, got things don't change, dude. I love how also that like you have. Sam, he's too modest to admit. Sam has a Georgetown education, okay, and he's spending <laughs> like two hours of his time watching this crap. This I, I love this. You didn't have to. I would have to be honest. We, I'm glad that this did well in the theaters, uh-huh. but I would have been disappointed if I had paid money to go see it in a theater uh-huh. because this did not live to me. Like, like I said, I like these movies. It did not live up to the hype to me. Um, I'm glad I watched it on my couch and I could sort of half pay attention to the non-existent acting from all the human actors in this and i could just sort of tune in for the fight scenes I, if i had to watch this and it's only two hours by the way so it's not oh it's you're only wasting two hours people <laughs> it's okay? completely consumable but like yeah if i had to go to the theater and watch this i would have been like why did i pay the money to see this so do you think our our listeners should waste two hours on this yeah, if you're at home, wow. Oh my if, God. if this is your thing, oh my if you're at home, you can you can mess around on your phone and watch this and be like perfectly fine. You don't, you're not missing plot points. You just have to tune in for the, like the actual 45 minutes of you know monster fighting of the two hours. You know you don't have to like pay attention to the rest of it. I really think people should huff gas instead. I really I think it's probably a better option. Glue, you huff glue. You know whatever. Huff. I don't paint glue. Whatever. <laughs> it's better than King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay. Well, was Segway very, uh, very uh, unceremoniously from King Kong versus Godzilla to a Woody Allen interview yeah. on Paramount Plus? Mm-hmm. Um, so Woody Allen gave an interview to CBS News. He actually gave it to them like a year ago, July of twenty twenty. Yeah, but they sort of didn't release it. A lot of going. There's a lot of reasons why the pandemic was going on. Um, they weren't sure it was appropriate, blah, blah, blah. But they're releasing it now kind of in response to this HBO documentary. Uh, was it Allen versus Pharaoh or Pharaoh versus Allen? Something like that, yeah. Um, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. Sam, first of all, I'm curious, what, how, where are you as a Woody Allen guy? I mean, I mean, I guess that changes throughout time. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start with myself personally. I mean, I, I, I've always been an Annie Hall guy. I don't remember... If I saw that before or after Midnight in Paris, I mean, Midnight in Paris came out in like 2010, and I love Midnight in Paris. Okay, I watched it. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I saw it in theaters or not, but I, when it came out in video, 
I, you know, Owen Wilson, Rachel McAdams, I thought it was so charming. You know, he's meeting uh, Ernest Hemingway Ernest Hemingway and Picasso and stuff like that. I thought it was a really charming film. And I watched it guilt-free. I wasn't thinking like, oh my God, this guy is a child predator or anything like that. Uh, and so it just shows how funny it, it, you know, the world has changed so much since then. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's what led me to Annie Hall or not. But those are like my two favorite uh, Woody Allen films. Uh, that being said... Listen, the guy's a tragic figure, okay? I mean, he's, it's, I feel bad. This guy's living in a psychological prison, okay? Uh, They said he hadn't done an interview in, an on-camera interview in over 30 years. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure it's because he's just living with so much guilt about, you know, how strange his life is and, you know, what he did or didn't do. Did, so now the question is, you know, did he you know, sexually, you know, molest or assault Mia Farrow when she was four years no, old. His, uh, their, their, their daughter. daughter. Their daughter, I'm sorry, yeah. What's her name? Uh, Dylan. She, Dylan. Dylan Farrow. No, that's, uh, is that her no, name? Okay. Yeah, Dylan okay. Ronan is the one you're thinking of. I'm sorry, the yeah. journalist, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not sure that matters because I think the the crime, it's, I guess it's not a crime, but the thing about, you know, marrying his stepdaughter, I think it, that's weird enough. It doesn't matter whether or not he did... Uh, you know, molest his uh, his other, you know, his. So is she, she his biological daughter, Dylan Farrow, or no? Yeah, biological daughter. The the woman he married is not. She oh, was okay. adopted. No, no, sorry, not biological. Dylan is adopted. Oh, okay. But they adopted her when they were um, together. Oh, okay. Uh, there. My favorite part of this interview, uh, which should people watch it. I think so. I mean, I, I think it's sort of just like fascinating, like like watching somebody with this level of self-delusion. Uh, but at one point, the guy doing the interview says, to be fair, I'm not sure if he says to be fair, but he's like, he's like, Alan had never adopted Soon Yi or like the woman he eventually married, who is also his was his wife's his wife's adopted daughter. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he'd been living with her since like she was like 11. Right. Uh, and then like, I don't, I don't know. Then their relationship became public when she was like 21 or something. And. So things are just, it's a really weird thing. Um, but it's kind of fascinating that he's avoided this for so long and had such a prolific career since then. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the whole thing. Let me start by saying I'm not like a Woody Allen stan. I enjoy a bunch of his movies. I've seen a lot of them. I don't like clamor for the next Woody Allen movie, mm. you know. I found this to be an uneventful interview. Let, let me start by saying... That it's about half an hour long, the actual like Paramount Plus thing, but they include an interview with Dylan Farrow for context and then with some other people as well. So the actual interview with him is like 15 minutes ish, yeah. something like that. Um, they touch on that for a bit of it, but it's not the entire thing. It's pretty uneventful. He denies it. Look, this is one of those cases where you'll never know that we'll never know the truth. Yeah. Never know the truth. Um, there are good points on both sides. There are arguments on both sides. I don't think personally that he should be like dropped from society because of this. I don't think he cares. Yeah, this this just sort of did nothing for me. I don't think anyone should watch it. I mean, oh really? Uh, if I, you I watch, well, ooh, let me put know. it this way: if you watch the documentary, you should watch this 
as context. I did not watch the documentary. Whoa, whoa, I didn't either. But I think this has to be so much more interesting because, like, this, like, this is kind of like what we talked about with the Mormon show. I mean, this is like this is the meat. Okay, this is like the interview with the guy. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of fascinating because this guy has to. I mean, psychologically, he has to play so many mind games to be able to live with himself. I mean, I, the thing. I mean, it's so weird that he's married to his stepdaughter you know i don't what I think mean? he sees it that way honestly I, I know but to like watch him jump through these mental hoops is like really fast i don't think he thinks he's doing any of that i feel like i exactly but that's what makes it interesting man and uh, like so uh you know mia farrow found out about the relationship that he, her husband is having with her daughter because she found nude woody had nude photos of her around and woody never apologized for it because he didn't think anything was wrong with it you know he just like oh we would just love each other like that he never thought about it i mean it. that's like, also uh, a complicating factor of why like he's potentially believable in his side of the story um, yeah 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 and uh, the, these these allegations have been out there a long time like yeah these are not skated new over them. it's it's i don't think he skated over them i just like no, he's, how, how is he not skated over them uh, well, because I mean, I he's made movies for thirty years, right? But like, as and he now says, all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh, I regret working with him." Like, this information has that, been around the for time, decades. The, that's the times we live in. But the fact of mm -hmm. the matter is, is it's, like, yeah, it's fascinating. This was how investigated. Much this was investigated back in the day. No one pressed charges, um, and they and they mentioned that. And I'm not going to say that nothing happened. Yeah, clearly something happened to Dylan Farrow, but well, no, the, we don't know that. I mean, well, it no, could, could have been forced out in the interview. Right, yeah. But like to her, something happened. Uh -huh. Whether it actually happened, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And the um, I don't want to get too far into like saying that she's. Uh, I don't want to talk about her mindset, but the thing I thought about when I Sam, listened, I think you should talk about her mindset well, because thought, you're the one who said we need to talk about more controversial stuff on this show. I do. And yeah, the, Sam was like, we need to meet the, two more people. I'm no, not no, going to no. say she's lying. But oh, say it, dude. That'd be great no, for the no, podcast. No, oh. what I'm going to compare... There, I listened to this podcast about the Satanic Panic, which happened in the uh, 90s, 80s, mm -hmm. 90s. I don't know if... What, we were like kids then, but this is like when people thought like Satanic cults were going around and like, you know, sacrificing children. It was crazy shit, right? Mm -hmm. I listened to this podcast where it was actually about a, a people in Canada who accused a family of being like Satanists and like the cops ended up coercing kids into saying stories about how they were molested and whatever by this family. None of it was true, but a lot of those kids still believe it to this day because they were so young. The cops basically talked them into these stories. Yeah. And she was seven years old. Dylan Farrow was seven years old when this was four when it happened, but seven when they did the interview. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. can I see the fact that like her mom was angry at Woody Allen for for marrying her her adopted daughter, and this was co this was sort of baked in her head, and she still believes it to the day. Absolutely, I don't want to say it's not true because I don't know, and we'll mm. never know. We'll mm. never know. But um, these these allegations have been with him a long time, and people have just chosen to ignore them. It's just the moment we're in, saying like, well, now something different. I think. And I'm willing to say he's completely innocent of. I, I I have no idea, but like, let's say he is completely he's innocent, innocent of, of the Dylan crime. Farrow thing. He, he right? hasn't done. He hasn't not been charged or convicted with any crime. But I feel like isn't like marrying your stepdaughter just like weird enough to like that you should be ostracized? How did he skate around that? That's fascinating to me. I, it, it is. I, it is weird. Uh, but is it weirder than a lot of Hollywood stories? I don't know. I, uh yeah i think so like dude if you were like hey pat like i'm gonna i've decided to marry my stepdaughter i'd be like well dude i'm gonna have to find another podcast co-host because this well, is fucking weird let me okay? put it this way no one no one thought it was like no one 
people would probably talk about it now, but like back in the day, no one made a big deal of Anna Nicole Smith marrying like a you know a, a, a ninety five year old man who was about to die or no. That's totally like, like yeah like Anna Nicole Smith wasn't his daughter. No, but it could have been. It could have been his granddaughter. But they, the, dude, the relation thing makes it weirder, dude. It just does. Uh, I, but I, I just want to re- double back to that line. I absolutely loved it when the host was like, "To be fair, uh, Wooden had never actually legally adopted her. Like that's like saying like she wasn't my first cousin. Okay, like I, I absolutely love it. Okay, uh, that, I actually think this is. I, I think if people, if people should watch this. It's, it's morbidly fascinating. But absolutely, anybody who's interested in psychology, I think, would get like a lot out of this. I think people would love it. Well, let's leave it there. You know, I, Sam, I feel like you're you're shying away from this a little no, bit. No, you know, more, you're I the one who wanted to dive into these things. No, and I and I did, and I said my piece. I I like this is just like I said. We'll never know the truth of this story. I don't think he should be banned from making movies, considering he's never. But who the hell would want to make a movie? That's well, clearly and, not a lot of I've people. Already, I've already admitted to liking Annie Hall and Midnight in Paris, but I gotta admit it is kind of weird to marry your stepdaughter. Okay. Yeah, but like, if he made another movie, would you go see it? Uh, well, no, because no one's good is gonna be in it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but well, like, if, some, if he made another Midnight in Paris and it's like, he's got some stands. And it's like got like Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt, I'd be like, yeah. Hell well, yeah. part of the reason they made Tag this, they, were, they did this interview is he was releasing a movie, which I believe has been delayed since. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think because of the pandemic, not because mm-hmm. of, I don't think he gives a shit about these allegations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, check out our website in this, in the podcast notes. Leave us a message. We play it on air if it's anything interesting. (laughs) But that's it for now. We'll catch you next week.